Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everyone who has been listening to the podcast lately, especially to my episode, Don't Call It Content, which is all about me ranting about corporations and their corporate speaks leaking into our everyday life. If you're at all interested in what that conversation with myself on a Sunday podcast was like, you can go find it in the feed wherever wherever you're listening to me right now. So um, I encourage you to give that a listen. I also covered Tokyo Godfathers again because Tokyo Godfathers is one of the best Christmas movies out there. If you don't believe me, go watch Tokyo Godfathers. You can finally do that because it's, you know, dubbed. It's no longer part of, imagina- of our imagination. That is the last Thursday episode of this podcast in the feed. Now, um, that brings me to what we're talking about today, which is another movie, because I will be honest, I screwed up. I thought, hey, I'll sit down and I'll start watching on the big screen the next chunk of The Great Pretender, which I will get to, because I shit. Um, and I did not plan that out well. So, Today, when I was done shoveling out my car, um, because it snowed on the East Coast here in New Jersey, I um, got an email that said, hey, Lupin Third is out, you can own it digitally now, and I'm like, ooh, yay. So I, um, I Lupin the Third, the first, which is what we'll be talking about, um, and I, you know, I grabbed it from iTunes, and I watched it, and I wanted to talk about it. So let's get into it. So, before we get into the movie and the plot and what I thought about it and all that junk, I want to give a brief history of first... First, we're going to do a brief history of what the fuck happened to this movie because it came out in 2019. Um, It came out originally in 2019 in Japan, is what I should say. And um, if you know anything about anime films and distribution, you know, it takes a while for them to get released in the world. And it just so happened that 2019 was the 
with the totally normal average year before the worst year in human existence, <laughs> 2020. This year, that is, thank God, coming to an end. Um, but it got caught, its release window got caught in, it's, pub, it's not even its release window, it's critic, it's critic publicity window got caught in the COVID of it all. So, um, I don't know if you, any of the listeners listening here remember, but I talked about a French film festival that I attended, um, via the internet because it was like the equivalent of like 15 euro, which is like 30 bucks or something. Um, or, or not even that much, but it was like the equivalent of like 20 bucks, most likely. And you got to see all of these cool animated films from this um, French film festival. I forget what it's called. French, French, specifically French animated film festival. I forget what it's called. And I saw all kinds of like fun, cool shit. I tried to watch one thing kind of a day, one or two things kind of a day. I usually did it from bed in the morning because it was, it was just a streaming site that they set up for like... I want to say, like, a week. And you could just log on. And you could just watch whatever was, whatever they had on offer. And originally, the the movie, the this Lupin movie, Lupin the Third, the First, was supposed to be shown at that film festival for um, kind of the first time, from what I understand. But TMS reneged on its deal because... Uh, they probably had some kind of ticketing deal because the original film festival, I think, is like $300. So they were going to get some section of that money for premiering their film first there. And to be clear, Lupin has a history in... Lupin as just a... His, Lupin... Um, Arsene Lupin, the like mystical great thief, thief in the world, has... Has an actual established history in France and in Italy, and the original, um, the last, I think it was part four, I think part four and part five of Lupin the Third were actually premiered first in Italy, and second everywhere else. That includes Japan. Like it was premiered first in Italy. Um, so they do all kinds of Lupin is. Of the age of an anime now where it gets to do all kinds of like weird prestige stuff with its brand. And it has a lot more sway than say something even like Pokemon. Like Pokemon is always going to premiere first in Japan. That's just the way it is. But Lupin is a little bit more arty, a little bit more experimental. Has been around for like decades longer so it gets to premiere however it wants so tms pulled all but the first 15 minutes of the um lupon the of the lupon the first of the lupon the third the colon the first it's gonna kill me um movie and that included the very cool very flashy traditional lupon opening where they have the Lupin the Third, and then you hear, wow, and it's like the 
yellow VW Beetle crashes into, or the yellow Fiat, I think it, I think it's a Fiat that they drive. The yellow Fiat just like crashes into the scene, and it's like in this one, it's all these like CGI gears because it's a 3D CG movie, and I'll get to that in a second. But so it included that as well as all the other parts of the movie. So you got to like not very far in the movie. You got to basically the first. Then he got a conflict, and then the conflict with the new character, with one of the new characters of this movie, and that's, um, her name is, I want to say, um, Letitia, is what I think her name is supposed to be pronounced like, but I'm not sure, and we'll get to her in a second, but the thing I want to, I want to set something up now, because... Lupin is a big-ass show. It started in, like, the 70s and has continued until literally right now there is a um, movie that's supposed to be... a Lupin movie that's supposed to be very good out called Goodbye Partner, um, which I think came out... Uh, which came out in late 2019, I believe. I don't think anything's come out in 2020. But it, there's also part five, there's also part one through five, which spans literally decades of time. And 2019, 2019 turned out to be this like renaissance, like 2018 to 2019. The this decade, the 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 20th decade, the like decade up to 2020 has been really good to Lupin as a renaissance period for this show and they've done a lot to revamp Lupin and readjust it and they always do with every different part of Lupin. Lupin gets slightly readjusted until part five when he really feels like kind of the best version of Lupin and but when Lupin started and there's a reason why I'm doing this I promise um he and I've probably mentioned this before when we were talking about Lupin on this podcast, but as a character, Monkey Punch, who bless his soul, is now dead, um kinda of devised him to be this like mashup of Arsane of Arsane Lupin, the famous French thief, but also all he took all these little pieces, like he drives a German car. He, the gun that Lupin typically uses, which comes into play in an interesting way in this movie, um, is he specifically uses because it's the Nazi gun. It's the gun for the Nazis. It's the gun for the bad guys. And for, like, the, the, the titular bad guys of just, just, like, you want a bad guy in a thing, make him a Nazi, and then just people will hate him because, you know, Nazis. Um, if you're, if you're like, what do you mean, you know, Nazis? Um, are you sure you listen to the right show? <laughs> um, but, so, he has been aligned with a lot of really shady, bad people stuff. But what Monkey Punch did with that character and with the supporting cast of Fujiko, Goemon, um, What's Danny Gata? Um, what's his face? Uh, G- and 
G and Jigen and his like ex basically his ex his wife I forget his wife's name from um part four and five, but Lupin gets married and he has a wife who's Mrs. Something Lupin, but she's a billionaire thief lady. It's very weird um, and convoluted and is, like, done for a story reason, but then he, like, doesn't divorce her, um, mostly because it makes Fujiko furious and he enjoys that idea. Um, but um, she's kind of a supporting character in a lot of Lupin stuff now, but... Um, through the supporting cast, and through the, like, heists and hijinks, and through just the personality given to Lupin, he, he becomes this likable character. And he becomes this, like... Not, like, not, like, Disney likable, like, love like, puckish rogue likable kind of thing. And he is, he's always up to some hijinks, but he usually doesn't pull it off. And if he pulls it off, it goes bad on him. Like, uh, I think in part two, there's this um, episode where they try to steal this, where their goal is to steal this wine that's supposed to be, like, one of the best wine, one of the best, most valuable wines in the world. And they pull it off. It's one of the rare times when they pull off a successful heist. And, like, they dupe Fujiko, they dupe, like, they dupe Zenigata, and they get this, like, these barrels of wine. And they find out it's all turned into vinegar and it's disgusting. <laughs> and, and, so, like, the stuff like that happens in, in um, Lupin. Uh, he, as a, he, as a gentleman thief, is so, um, stunningly competent, but Stunningly bumbling at the same time that it just the combination works out to where he like never well he's capable of really doing it but he never is serious enough about it so he doesn't usually succeed in some sort of heist scenario he usually succeeds in some kind of like action action movie scenario and that brings me the reason why I told you all that is that brings me to Lupin the Third, the first, and the movie opens with a in like during World War Two times, and this diary is being like encoded into this beautiful book that's got all these like intricate locks and stuff, and is used used one of two used one of two keys actually uses two keys, and they're these, like, intricate lock, like, big lockets. One goes to our, um, and you follow that one is, basically ends up with, um, Letitia, the, um, the new character, a seemingly, a seemingly French police officer who is actually working for her grandfather, um, I think Lambert, I think Lambert, um, who is, you find, who is, you find out pretty quickly working for the Nazis and like think, think that they can revive the Third Reich with this, with whatever treasure you can find using this diary. 
Um, and you're uh, basically you're told it's like money or some like form of infinite energy. And so she's working through her grandfather to get this thing because her grandfather had promised that he will help her get into Boston archaeology to like Boston archaeology college, one of the best um, archaeology programs in the world. And she's clearly being manipulated, and Lupin also wants to steal this thing. And Lu Lupin wants to steal these things for treasure and, like, money. And we have a whole great Lupin-Jigen chase sequence that also involves Letitia. And Letitia ends up making, making away with the... Um, with the diary, with the, like, diary that is, for most, for, I want to say the first half of the movie is in, and also, this isn't a very long film, it's, it clocks in at about an hour and nine minutes, so it, it really starts to speed by eventually, which is really nice. Um, it's, for the first half of the movie, it's locked in that, like, weird lockbox with all the gears, that it that is the inspiration for the opening and is kind of the first central the first the first central hurdle of the movie and they and so Lupin gets gets the um gets out of the gets out of then he got his trap by <laughs> this is this is the grace because then he got it the thing about then he got is much in the way of Lupin is he's probably very, very talented cop. He is, like, given all the money in the world by fucking um, Interpol to chase down Lupin. Now, granted, there, I don't think this is true, but people have suggested that Danny God is actually Lupin's father, and that's why he calls him Pops. But I think that's just a holdover of the American dub and the fact that Monkey Punch is not great at drawing um, men in ways where they look super different all the time. <laughs> like, his, his original draw... They can get kind of, like, have the same face shape, but then have some different, like, mannerisms and dress and hair, but they're, at some point you... At some point, you have, like, a Bleach scenario with the character who looks exactly like Ichigo, but who is not Ichigo, because he is Ichigo with black hair and cool tattoos. <laughs> and just sometimes that happens in anime and in anything, so it's great. Um, but... So then he got to have Lupin, and Lupin escapes because Goemon and Jigen come to get him, and they initiate, like... Go they have like Goemon cut the cut the paddy wagon literally in half, slightly diagonally, and Lupin dives into the sunroof of the Fiat, and they drive off. And Zenigod's like, ah, oh, goddamn it! <laughs> they gotta always have a goddamn it face on when he's like, I, I, I knew it was gonna happen. God, I knew it was gonna, I, I knew it was gonna happen. And then Lupin goes to find Letitia at her, like, weird, crappy French apartment. Fr French, like, attic apartment. 
And they agree to work together. And you find... And they and they sneak on they sneak onto this like to this aquatic air aircraft carrier where the Nazi with like the like remnants of the Nazis and her grandfather Lambert are like keeping the key and they like one thing leads to another and the Nazis get the diary. The Nazis get the, the Nazis get the diary, and the Nazis attempt to open it, but don't. And then Lupin and Letitia both open it with with like a secret, with like a special code and the key, and the entire time Lupin is like. It feels like I've held this before. Like, this feels familiar for some reason. And by the end of the movie, you find out that Lupin's grandfather, Arsene Lupin I, had attempted to steal the, like, treasure at the end of this, at the end of this whole movie that you, that they, you see at the finale of this whole movie, which is this, like, big, alien, weird, mystic black hole machine. It is this giant, insane weapon. And the Nazis always knew this was real. But the Nazis also, hilariously, and this is, I think this, I'm pretty sure this is a real thing that happened that, like, Interpol just did because they were like, we need, we, we're not saying we want to go hunting Nazis, but if they raise their hands in class, we're definitely going to put them in super jail. And... So I'm pretty sure that they they circulated a the Interpol at least in this universe and it's rumored that they did it in real life I believe um, circulated a doctored picture of Adolf Hitler alive and well in South America <laughs> to like see if it like raised any raised any people like raised any eyebrows so they could be like oh Nazi go get him. <laughs> And so this section of the Third Reich believed that Adolf, that Hitler was just alive, hanging out in the Third Reich, and that comes into play because Lupin dresses up as, as old Hitler to like get close enough to the weapon to destroy it, and at the end, and blah 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 blah. But the the stunning thing that struck me after I watched this movie was not. Oh, Lupin's back. F first, it was that was a fun time. Like this movie is a fun movie. It is a fun like PG thirteen action movie. You know, they don't. Fujiko is not too is not too topless in the movie. <laughs> She's not topless at all in this movie, which yeah, happens sometimes with Fujiko. Um. There's no, there's no, there's none of that, like, if you're worried about, like, a young kid seeing sexy stuff, it's not going to happen. It's, like, it's, it's basically Lola Bunny from Space Jam. Um, but they have done a lot of work to clean up Lupin. 
they've done a lot of work to make Lupin a viable product for, you know, America, for, for, for international audiences in 2020. Lupin is, they've, and I'm not even talking about the original Lupin who, like, used the Nazi gun. I'm talking about, like, the version of Lupin you see in, um, in Woman Called Fujiko Mine, who seems vaguely like a terrible person. <laughs> I, and granted, like, that is, that show is very much from the perspective of Fujiko in the time period in which it is set, which is supposed to be very early in the Lupin storyline. But he just seems terrible in that movie, in in that series. Um, but they do so much to turn, to like, turn Lupin into a much more... He, they turn Lupin into a much more Danny Ocean style of character. I know when I come to, like, heist stuff, I always come back to um, Ocean Eleven, to the Ocean series, but I love that movie, but I love those movies, so shoot me. Um, it, he... He is not... He's a bat. He's a he's a bad guy in the sense of the movie, but they because they know they have to have him as the protagonist because he's Lupin the Third. He they make him a good person, and they make him a they make him a thief, but a fairly honest version of a thief. <laughs> and they do this in the show too. Whenever it seems like. Whenever it seems like he's gone too far, they reel it back pretty quickly. And that... That adds to just his likability and makes him a much brighter, more fun character than... If, if you go... And you can go do this on Hulu, actually, I'm pretty sure. And I encourage you to do it. Go watch the first episode of Lupin. Where he, like, murders people in a drag race or something. <laughs> he is, like, a bad person and a thief. And then go, like, watch an episode of, like, part five. And it's a totally different character. But then you get to, um, this, you get to... Um, this version, which is notably the first 3D, 3D CG Lupin, Lupin film. Not Lupin anything ever, but Lupin film. Um, I'll get to the first 3D CG Lupin thing, which some of you already know about, but I find interesting, so I'll get there. Um, and this one, he, it feels, feels like he's got a little bit of Disney blood in him, and he's just like... A little bit more fun, a little bit more, like just a just a good dude. <laughs> and the reason why I said that this is this isn't the first 3D CG Lupin thing, because back when I was a, um, I want to say, must have been back when I was in middle school, because it was when I still did the anime poster thing, and New Type was coming out in English regularly, because I got a lot of my 
um, anime poster for new type. Um, there was a loop on the third video game. Actually, let me look that up. See what I can see. What I can't see about that. But it was I, so the way I knew about it was they did an advertising thing with New Type USA where you got this big poster of either Lupin sitting on like a chair with a rocket thing on the bottom of it, which did not interest me, or a big ass awesome poster of Fujiko, which you know, little horn dog Alex was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but I believe it was for the PS2. Um, yeah, it seems like it came out for a bunch of things, but it was, what was it called? It was called, well, that's, that's unreadable, but it was, it was like a loop on the third action game and they did a big, they made a big deal about it for a while and then it fucking vanished, um, for all I know. But if you have PS2, working PS2, you could probably find a copy of this thing. It was released in English. I'm looking at an, a, a cover with English stuff on it, so <laughs> who knows? Um, but that was like, that was the first CG treatment of these characters, and it was an int- and it was an interesting one because they like they were working within part like the time and like Jigen has a certain look um Goemon has a certain look all the characters have a certain look but the characters in Lupin have had so many redesigns Lupin has now has I think like six jacket colors including um the I think the latest one is black from um Goodbye Partner but each jacket color is supposed to represent a time a time frame that the episode is happening in. Um, so this is like in the video game, it's Red Jacket Lupin. In this movie, it's Red Jacket Lupin, which means that it's an earlier it's an earlier timeline thing. And in the, but in the video game, it's like his his like weird pompadour like fro cut thing. It's very like it's like a clean dome, and you know, Goemon is wearing pretty stiff-looking clothes. Jigen always kind of looks like Jigen. They have a sex pot dress for Fujiko because, of course, they do. And Denigata just Denigata is unique in the fact that he has gone through the least redesigning. I don't think that's because they are. They're hesitant to redesign him. I think that's because they. He looks like a he looks like an Interpol detective. It, it, you could change it up a lot, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't do you much good. Um, because that's not really a feature of, um, of why of why or how, um, Denny got a works. Whereas that, like, the hat and, like, the clothing for Goim- the for Jigen and, like, the clothing for Goimon and, like, the jacket color for Lupin and Fujiko's dress and hair, which can be whatever the fuck you want, <laughs> basically. Um, go look at her across different series. It's like, that, fuck, that's not even the same woman. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> um, but, 
So we have an existing 3D CG treatment. But it's like a video game budget situation, so it's not it's not the best, it's not the worst, and also, like, I've never played this game, so I can't tell you how it plays, but hey. Um, but the movie was given, like, a super high budget. It, the light, They have moments when it's clear that they're, like, just showing off the lighting in this movie, and it's gorgeous. I watched it big screen on my projector, because I have, in my... My what I mistakenly renamed screaming room, but it's my screening room. Um, I don't rename it because I enjoy the fact that fuck up exists. Um, but it looks really big, great on big screen. It really slick looking 3D design. The like look of the of the like lockbox of the book is gorgeous. The look of the book is gorgeous. They do a lot of stuff that would be difficult to do in um, 2D in this movie towards the end that they can just make look incredible in 3D. And they really poured the time and attention to detail in it that it needs. And also, they didn't fuck with the frame rate. So if you've ever seen a 3D CG movie, a 3D CG anime specifically, um, and it seems like it's dropping frames, it's because they are. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get to the framing feel of, anima- of, an- of traditional animation, which um, if you don't know, traditional animation uses um, is about 24 frames per second. That's the, like... That's the amount of frames that are showed at your eyes every second. Whereas 3D animation is generally a much higher frame rate, usually 60. I mean, think about video games in this respect. If you saw a 24 frame per second video game, you'd be like, the fuck's wrong with this game? So what they're trying to do is they're trying to take it back down to a place of animation when that's not necessary. Whereas this movie isn't doing that, or at least they've like disguised it better. So it so it just does. It feels much smoother, much more natural because it's playing in the realm of something that can be that many frames per second, not something that it looks bad as, that looks like a mistake as. And that's just, I, I appreciate that. So I, I appreciate, I really appreciate the crap. I mean, I've this movie was fun. I'm actually glad I own it now because I can watch it again if I want. But um, the, the craftsmanship of this movie is really fascinating. And because it is Lupin, it, it has that legacy effect of the anime industry where they where when they said we want to do the first 3D CG 3D CG Lupin movie somebody immediately was somebody in a boardroom at, T, at TMS was immediately like yes but we better spend 
a billion dollars on this thing. We better spend so much money on this thing. If we're going to do this this way, it needs to be worth it. Um, I talked about the Pokemon, the remake, the Mewtwo Strike Back remake of um, 3D CG remake of Pokemon. And if you've seen that, but you haven't seen this, they have the same feel. Like they did both because they knew they could do not just an above average, not just they couldn't, they knew they, they could, they knew that they couldn't even get an A plus on it. They knew they could knock it out of the fucking park. And if you're going to make a um, medium choice, a choice about the medium of animation you're going to use, you should function in that form. You shouldn't just pump out crappy 3D CG animation because it's cheaper. And I've talked about this before on the Sunday show. Um, you can extrapolate the character design easier for character good purposes. What you should be doing is you should be considering, will can we make this look excellent? Can we make this look excellent in ways that we couldn't have made the other the original the other alternatives look as excellent? Um, give you a great idea is I'm watching a and I'll probably talk about this show at some point. I just need time to watch through it. I um listen to. I've listened to all the parts of the AW of the AWO Anime World Order Decade in Review, which God bless them, they finally finished. Um, but Gerald Rascal, uh, Gerald Rascal, on that show. Um, I'm sorry for mispronouncing the name. I know everybody does it. I know you won't hold it against me, but I'm sorry anyway. Mentioned this show called Katagawa called Katagawa Jet Girls which is on High Dive, and it's, uh, he said there's no defending the show. It is massively fan y and after seeing a couple episodes, I'm like, oh, you weren't kidding. There's, like, lots of weird main character touching her own boobs for no reason level of fan service. Like, we're in, we're in fan service trash town. <laughs> Let's go. Every other character in this show is like, I am a girl, and I am I have... One button for the sake of censorship on my shirt done. <laughs> that's, a, that's a repeatable thing in this show. Um, but when they're rate, they're basically the thing about um, jet ski water gun fights is my pitch on this show. It's jet ski water gun fights as a professional sport. It's the best. But when they're racing, they use 3D CG for the background so they can speed them by really fast and they don't have to waste time like every building it, every building it, every time, and I saw that, and I instantly said, "That's a really good use of CGI. And it's just a really good use of CGI. You need something back there. You need it to go fucking fast. And you need to make it look worth it and fast." And they did it. They like really did it, <laughs> and it. It stunned me because this is, um, that shows that that show had the wherewithal to be like, this is how you should use this. This is how we think it's the best way to use this. And it's the best solution because it's the best 
Like, we couldn't, it would take us way longer and cost way more for us to do this for all these scenes. Or we could do it this way, it would look not just just as good, but it would give it more effect. And I, I would just love if other studios would give it as much, would give that as much thought, um, on the same, on the same, um, podcast, uh, Gerald decried B-Stars because it just didn't, it didn't look the part, and I, I personally like the way B-Stars looks, but it does take getting used to, and it is very 3D CGI-y, and the it does feel like a good-looking video game at times. If you had chosen to make Beastars as a traditional 2D animated or more traditional 2D animated show, it would have taken much longer. But if you had put the right amount of oomph into it, you could do it... You could really knock it out of the park. I mean, you could really get there and nail it to the wall. And I'm super sure of that. Now, Studio Orange is a 3D CG studio. They produce Land of the Lustrous. And the thing with Land of the Lustrous is, in the same way that... Um, Land of the Lustrous uses 3D CG to produce a world that it makes sense where every, like, all the characters in that are basically gemstones that have been painted, the, like, weird deity bad guys that come and kill them and collect their and collect their broken bodies are all, like, these golden things that come down from the sky that are, like, Buddhist thing, like, Buddhist-themed things. So it all makes sense. But Beastar, when you get to Beastars... I, it doesn't. It just doesn't jive as well, and I think that if you want to look at something that could have been made in two D, and I probably said something along these lines in in my podcast about the Poke, the Pokemon movie, which you can find in the podcast feed and whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Um, but you should take a look at Lupin and see how they do it because they make really specific, like, they make really specific choices. They choose not, they choose, like, the battles they want to pick in 3D CG and the battles they don't care about. For instance, like, Lupin, like, so the scene when you see Lupin's hands and his knuckles are in the are in the shot, and he's got the, like, hairy knuckles Lupin has. You can see the individual hairs. Like, Lupin's hair has real texture, and, you know, Jigen has beard choices made about him. And it's all... It's all done to effect, and it feels it all feels true to like the Lupin stylings of you know those cartoons from the you know seventies and eighties and nineties and on even on up to the like the cartoon the like movies that came out in two thousand nineteen 
And it's a real shame that this didn't get a wider release because of COVID, because I think it would have done really well. But, you know, um, G-Kids put it out pretty recently in theaters. And just people just aren't going to theaters because, you know, the murder air is still around, especially in America. So I have looked at the, I saw the email, and I was like, no, I'm not going to that. That No, it's not worth dying for a movie. But I will happily, and if you are putting out an anime movie in, in trying times where it's not safe to go see movies in the future, let me say this to you. If you put your movie out for a fair price, I mean, I paid like 20 bucks for this, I'll watch it. I will happily watch it. I have the facility to watch it on a nice, big, beautiful screen. But don't, like, dangle it in front of people because you want the ticket, because you want the ticket price. You can get the ticket price. You can get the 20 bucks per head or, like, 20 bucks for, like, a party of whatever the fuck. You can get 20 bucks per, like, time this movie is purchased. But it's not it's not worth it to try and like be like hey come back to theaters. It's not right now or in the future if something like this ever happens again. It's not worth it. Just put it out digitally, and everybody will figure it out. <laughs> um, on that note, my name has been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I. Put the I put out a new episode every third day and Sunday. Third day are like this, talking about either a show or movie. Lately, movies, just because I've been doing a lot. It's the holidays. Um, but I do want to do more shows again, just because it's just, like I said, the holidays and all that nonsense, end of the year work nonsense. Um, I just haven't had super amount of time. Also, I've been playing Cyberpunk 77, 2077 a lot. Um, so that's occupying my brain. Um, but on Sundays, I usually do something more inquisitive, more metatextual, more about the industry or about, like, you know, anime culture or something like that. So if you're interested in that, definitely go check out those episodes. I've done some really great stuff over there. Um, those come out every Sunday in this same feed, so you don't even have to subscribe to a new thing. I'm not that greedy. Um, but until next Sunday, I've been Alex, and I'll talk to you on Sunday.